Hello and welcome back to Storytime with the Shapiro family. Tonight, Bridget continues reading The Marvelous Land of Oz by L. Frank Baum. We hope you enjoy it. The Astonishing Flight of the Gump When the adventurers reassembled upon the roof, it was found that a remarkably queer assortment of articles had been selected by the various members of the party. No one seemed to have a very clear idea of what was required, but all had brought something. The Wogglebug had taken from its position over the mantelpiece in the great hallway the head of a gump, which was adorned with wide-spreading antlers, and this, with great care and greater difficulty, the insect had carried up the stairs to the roof. This gump resembled an elk's head, only the nose turned upward in a saucy manner, and there were whiskers upon its chin, like those of a billy goat. Why the Wogglebug selected this article he could not have explained, except that it had aroused his curiosity. Tip, with the aid of the sawhorse, had brought a large, upholstered sofa to the roof. It was an old-fashioned piece of furniture, with high back and ends, and it was so heavy that even by resting the greatest weight upon the back of the sawhorse, the boy found himself out of breath when at last the clumsy sofa was dumped upon the roof. The pumpkin head had brought a broom, which was the first thing he saw. The scarecrow arrived with a coil of clotheslines and ropes, which he had taken from the courtyard, and in his trip up the stairs he had become so entangled in the loose ends of the rope that both he and his burden tumbled in a heap upon the roof and might have rolled off if Tip had not rescued him. The tin woodman appeared last. He also had been to the courtyard, where he had cut four great spreading leaves from a huge palm tree that was the pride of all the inhabitants of the Emerald City. "'My dear Nick!' exclaimed the scarecrow, seeing what his friend had done. "'You have been guilty of the greatest crime any person can commit in the Emerald City. If I remember rightly, the penalty for chopping leaves from the royal palm tree is to be killed seven times and afterward imprisoned for life. Okay, what? <laughs> so cutting palm tree fronds is worse than murder in this magical kingdom? And how are you going to be killed seven times and then imprisoned? It cannot be helped now, answered the tin woodman, throwing the big leaves down upon the roof. But it may be one more reason why it is necessary for us to escape. And now let us see what you have found for me to work with. Many were the doubtful looks cast upon the heap of miscellaneous material that now cluttered the roof. And, finally, the scarecrow shook his head and remarked, Well, if friend Nick can manufacture, from this mess of rubbish, a thing that will fly through the air and carry us to safety, then I will acknowledge him to be a better mechanic than I suspected. But the tin woodman seemed at first by no means sure of his powers, and only after polishing his forehead vigorously with the chamois leather did he resolve to undertake the task. The first thing required for the machine, said he, is a body big enough to carry the entire party. This sofa is the biggest thing we have and might be used for a body, 
but should the machine ever tip sideways, we would all slide off and fall to the ground. Why not use two sofas? asked Tip. There's another one just like this downstairs. That is a very sensible suggestion, exclaimed the Tin Woodman. You must fetch the other sofa at once. So Tip and the Sawhorse managed, with much labor, to get the second sofa to the roof, and when the two were placed together, edge to edge, the backs and ends formed a protecting rampart all around the seats. Excellent, cried the Scarecrow. We can ride within this snug nest quite at our ease. The two sofas were now bound firmly together with ropes and clotheslines, and then Nick Chopper fastened the gump's head to one end. That will show which is the front end of the thing, said he, greatly pleased with the idea. And, really, if you examine it critically, the gump looks very well as a figurehead. These great palm leaves, for which I have endangered my life seven times, must serve us as wings. Are they strong enough? asked the boy. They are as strong as anything we can get, answered the woodman, and although they are not in proportion to the thing's body, we are not in a position to be very particular. So he fastened the palm leaves to the sofa, two on each side said the Wogglebug with considerable admiration. The thing is now complete and only needs to be brought to life. Stop a moment, exclaimed Jack. Are you not going to use my broom? What for? asked the Scarecrow. Why, it can be fastened to the back end for a tail, answered the Pumpkinhead. Surely you would not call the thing complete without a tail. Hmm, said the Tin Woodman. I do not see the use of a tail. We are not trying to copy a beast or a fish or a bird. All we ask of the thing is to carry us through the air. Perhaps, after the thing is brought to life, it can use a tail to steer with, suggested the scarecrow. For if it flies through the air, it will be unlike a bird, and I've noticed that all birds have tails, which they use for a rudder while flying. Very well, answered Nick. The broom shall be used for a tail. And he fastened it firmly to the back end of the sofa body. Tip took the pepper box from his pocket. The thing looks very big, said he anxiously. And I am not sure there is enough powder left to bring all of it to life. But I'll make it go as far as possible. Put most on the wings, said Nick Chopper for they must be made as strong as possible. And don't forget the head, exclaimed the Wogglebug. Or the tail, added Jack Pumpkinhead. Do be quiet, said Tip, nervously. You must give me a chance to work the magic charm in the proper manner. Very carefully, he began sprinkling the thing with the precious powder. Each of the four wings was first lightly covered with a layer, then the sofas were sprinkled, and the broom given a slight coating. The head, the head! Don't, I beg of you, forget the head! cried the Wogglebug excitedly. There's only a little of the powder left, announced Tip, looking within the box, and it seems to me it is more important to bring the legs of the sofa to life than the head. 
Not so, decided the scarecrow. Everything must have a head to direct it, and since this creature is to fly and not to walk, it is really unimportant whether its legs are alive or not. So Tip abided by this decision and sprinkled the gump's head with the remainder of the powder. Now, said he, keep silence while I work the charm. Having heard Old Mombi pronounce the magic words and having also succeeded in bringing the sawhorse to life, Tip did not hesitate an instant in speaking the three cabalistic words, each accompanied by the peculiar gesture of the hands. It was a grave and impressive ceremony. As he finished the incantation, the thing shuddered throughout its huge bulk, and the gump gave a screeching cry that is familiar to those animals, and then the four wings began flopping furiously. Tip managed to grasp a chimney, else he would have been blown off the roof by the terrible breeze raised by the wings. The scarecrow, being light in weight, was caught up bodily and borne through the air until Tip luckily seized him by one leg and held him fast. The wogglebug lay flat upon the roof and so escaped harm, and the tin woodman, whose weight of tin anchored him firmly, threw both arms around Jack Pumpkinhead and managed to save him. The sawhorse toppled over upon his back and lay with his legs waving helplessly above him. And now, while all were struggling to recover themselves, the thing rose slowly from the roof and mounted into the air. Here! Come back! cried Tip in a frightened voice as he clung to the chimney with one hand and the scarecrow with the other. Come back at once! I command you! It was now that the wisdom of the scarecrow in bringing the head of the thing to life instead of the legs was proved beyond a doubt, for the gump, already high in the air, turned its head at Tip's command and gradually circled around until it could view the roof of the palace. Come back, shouted the boy again, and the gump obeyed, slowly and gracefully waving its four wings in the air until the thing had settled once more upon the roof and become still. Will our friends make their daring escape? Find out next episode on In the Jackdaw's Nest. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, review, tell your friends, subscribe, and as always, good night.